Hello everybody, Ben Rogers here, the Raptors Digest. Riker, we got some amazing news surrounding the NBA today, but before we dive into that, obviously the world's been sort of turned upside down over the past few months now, and most more recently with the murder and the, the protests in the United States, there's there's a lot of stuff happening. We just sort of want to address the protests and what what's sort of going on in the social world right now, and Obviously, there's been some systemic race racism in the United States, even in Canada, where obviously both you and I are located. And we just want to show our support for people fighting against that. And we're hoping everyone protesting is staying safe. And it's it's just wild times, Riker. Yeah, absolutely, Ben. And that's that's just the message that we want to convey. And everybody listening, of course, the NBA, multiple teams have made statements and are doing things to support everything that's going on. And I think the one fortunate thing that's going to come out of all this is that because of the lockdowns and everybody being less busy in their lives, you know, despite all the violence, etc., this message is the loudest that I've heard it in my in my life. And I think that there can be a lot of positive things that come from this in, in terms of making a change and, uh, you know, and really taking a lot of good steps forward. So just, yeah, making sure that everybody that's listening to this, if you're participating in protests, you know, try to make sure that you're doing so and protecting your own safety and, and those around you and uh, and make sure that you're educated on, on what it is that, you know, you're supporting. So with that being said, Ben, we are talking about the NBA returning, and that has us extremely excited where we've been mulling back and forth all uh, what I'll call the uh, the forced off season. Mm-hmm. Uh, or, or just the waiting period and now ben thing the curtains are finally getting drawn back and there's uh it looks like there's going to be the the resuming of the nba on the other side yeah for sure so adrian warjanowski came out today and said the nba plans on returning uh, i believe it's J- july 31st so that's that's the plan for the teams right now it's just going to get validated tomorrow the all the league offices are going to make a vote for it and the the consensus is that this this sort of format will get passed, and it's really interesting. There wasn't, we've obviously just made a video talking about whether the playoffs will be the traditional one through eight in each conference, or if it will be a mix of 16 seeds. I haven't really seen any information regarding that specifically, but it looks like 22 teams are going to get invited to sort of play in this Orlando bubble everyone's been talking about since the start, and there'll be about eight regular season games played for each team, and then... We'll get we'll get into the playoffs, and if the ninth seed in each conference is, in I think it's four games is within four games of the eighth seed, there'll be a play-in tournament. So, what are your just thoughts on this whole entire format? Do you like it? Do you sort of like having a regular season rather than the play-in things? Sort of the things that have been floating around, or yeah, yeah, I think it's perfect, Ben. I think it's perfect. It sort of ties in and integrates all of the things that we speculated on. We thought, you know, in that conversation that we had, would it be better or not to have somewhat of a regular season before you jump straight into a playoff bracket? One, to shake the rust off. Two, to size up your competition. Maybe run a couple of plays that you want to try before the, you know, the postseason comes. And I think, but, but you know, in contrast with how hard will players actually want to play, uh, given what's at stake, how likely is it that you'll be able to run a lot of games consecutively given you're only going to have a few courts? I think it's perfect to have a, a few games to let everybody get back into the rhythm, let viewers know that this is happening, right? Give people time to tune in, 
to get adjusted to the new format, uh, watching the game with no fans. Uh, I think that that there is going to be a little bit of adjustment period, and then to have a play-in tournament. Ben, I read somewhere, I, I can't remember where, that uh, sources were saying that the NBA is looking at basically ensuring that no matter what the format is, Zion Williamson's team, the Pelicans, Zion Williamson specifically, will make it to the playoffs. And I thought that that made total sense, right? You want to have your biggest superstars of the modern era crack the playoffs. And I think it's perfect. Some people might say, you know, the East is getting a little bit slighted here, but that's definitely not the case. You know, if you if you wanted your team to make it to this sort of pre-postseason, then, you know, you got to have a better record leading up to it. And I think it's good to bring back all the contenders and to cut the rest that really aren't that interesting to watch anyways. Yeah, I'm in full agreement with you. I think the format that they chose was really strong, and you mentioned it, bringing guys like Zion, who wasn't necessarily in the top 16, at least we get to see eight more games of him play this season and maybe get a chance to to make the playoffs and catch the Grizzlies and guys like Damian Lillard and all that. And yeah, you brought it up. The Western Conference, they obviously are having 13 teams brought in, the East only having nine, because those are the only teams that could potentially make the playoffs under this format, and really only the only teams that had a realistic shot. They weren't going to bring back everyone for this bubble sort of environment to keep everyone safe, so I think they brought back the right number. I like that we're getting regular season games before rather than a tournament and really competitive play. It makes It spices things up for sort of, you know, building momentum into the playoffs it gives players time to break off the rust and that sort of thing so I'm really happy with the format but it's really and you're gonna hear this broken down every day on every sort of news channel about how the NBA is sort of sort of coming back but we want to sort of look at it from a Raptors perspective and obviously the Raptors are currently at the second seed in the Eastern Conference Riker and they have about eight games to sort of hold hold their spot it's going to be tough to catch the uh, the bucks right now for the first seed they're they're good a good few games ahead of us now but the boston celtics are about three games behind the toronto raptors do you think there's any chance that we should worry about potentially losing seed seeding positioning during this sort of eight games because it could be pretty unpredictable yeah, you seeing should our always come you back. should always worry yeah, I, of course but you should always worry it's not a disadvantage that you're coming back from an extended break because every team will be doing the exact same thing i'm not sure where most raptors players are posted up now you said some guys are down in the states a lot of guys are probably at their family homes of course but i i think that i think that it's it's unlikely it i think it's all about strategy at this point ben Mm -hmm. because the raptors if anything they're in a better situation having one of the most perpetually unhealthy rosters in the nba right (laughs) you've given your guys such a long break yeah exactly and yeah this season last season the season before that um you know they're a very unlucky team when it comes to core players getting injured very frequently and minor injuries you know just Mm -hmm. little stuff that just fractures rotations and just constant adaptation but i think that this is a benefit. It's a positive for the Toronto Raptors. You could make the same argument for other teams, but we both know, we felt it all season long, that if the Raptors are playing to win, that there's no team with an advantage on them except for, you know, maybe the Bucks. It's a good. that's a good series. The Lakers, that's a good series. The Clippers, that's a good series. But in terms of the Celtics, in terms of the 76ers, there's no reason if the Raptors wanted to maintain that second seed and they needed to win a few crucial games that they can't get the job done. Yeah, for sure. I, I'm in agreement. We we obviously know the Celtics are a strong team, and we're not really sure how the schedule is going to play out in terms of strength of schedule. If they're going to put teams into pools, or they're going to look at team, you know, who played who 
prior in the regular season, but we have a three-game advantage on the Celtics. There's no other team you really have to worry about with just eight games to be played. The Miami Heat are about six or about five and a half games back, and then the Pacers and Sixers, they're completely out of the picture in terms of catching the Raptors. So it's looking like we're going to stay in that second seed. And with everything that's sort of been alluded to, I feel like if the NBA was switching to that 16-seed format, sort of reseeding everything for the playoffs, they wouldn't have made it super decisive about how the the ninth seed in the East would be chasing the eighth seed in the East, and then same thing for the, for the West. I from the the way things have been worded by Woj and other people reporting on the situation, I have a feeling, a gut feeling that's going to go be with the regular normal playoff sort of standings and. Obviously, the the first round matchup, assuming it's the Brooklyn Nets, and that could obviously change with this sort of uh, eight games that each team has to play to finish out the season. But we're we're not really worried about the the first round of of any series. But in history, when we play the Boston Celtics, it's usually the home team that gets the win, and this has been the case, you know, since they've had Isaiah Thomas sort of leading the way. We had Demar; those sort of battles. So, do you think not having teams being in their home court? Right, obviously we would have had home court advantage against the Celtics in a normal setting if we were the second seed, they were the third. But do you think home court advantage will, because that's completely out of the window, will have an effect in sort of a playoff series against one of these teams? Well, this, yeah, no, yeah, this is a big eye test, Ben. Because, well, one, I think one in terms of standings, I guess you're right. Actually, I guess you're right. If there's no home court advantage, then standings doesn't really make a difference in terms of home court advantage it's just for placement and which teams you're going to place and face in each match and i think that the nba as a as a league they have a lot of influence now over what the placements will be because i suspect they're going to put a lot of the lower west seed teams against each other and you know they could put the most interesting matchups they could do a lot of the high seeded they could do the raptor celtics raptor 76ers right a lot of challenging games leading up the playoffs i i don't think that they're going to do a lot of cross conference games unless you know, there's there's a reason to do it. But I think definitely, Ben, if, if we're talking specifically the Raptors versus the Celtics, if that does turn out to be a playoff matchup, personally, I hope it does. You know, mm-hmm. it's we're long overdue to face them in the playoffs and really, you know, get set that rivalry and put it to bed once and for all. But I think uh, back to what I said at the, at the beginning was it's really eye test. It's what team needs momentum more if you're in a drought, right? Or if the other team is going through, uh, a run or you know maybe a 12 to nothing run or a 15 to nothing run or Kyle Lowry's missing a couple threes what team or you know you could say the same thing vice versa for the Boston Celtics right just swap in whatever their player you know their best player Jason Tatum is maybe missing a few threes what what team needs the crowd to get them going again and I would hope Ben I would hope because on offense I think that they feed a lot off of the energy in the Raptors arena but I think that the Raptors team defense is oftentimes what helps them get through slumps and gets them back and engaged in games that and their bench coming in and performing again in the defensive situations and hitting a few key shots. So I would hope, I think the Raptors are big homers. They, they definitely play better at home, but you would, I think to me it's their defensive ability that would set them apart. Yeah, no, I, I'm in agreement with that. And that was, that's something interesting too, to look at for this sort of, Setup, And obviously they get eight games to sort of dive into the regular season, but we see how rusty sort of players get. And some players at the start of the year, it takes them till December to really get into a rhythm, get into a groove. And we've seen seen that happen on multiple occasions. So we don't know how people are going to come back, if they're going to be 
in form and knocking down their shots and stuff. And usually when players are rusty, they're not really knocking down their threes, and it becomes more of a, a gritty style of game, especially when the games matter. Right, remember the the Celtics game, not this season, but the season prior when we played them at the start of last year. Our first, it was like the second week with Kawhi and Kawhi and Danny Green had that double block, and we ended up winning that game because it was a grinded out defensive style game. And if people are sort of rusty, similar to that sort of situation, and I think the Toronto Raptors, you can make an argument that they have the best defense in the NBA in terms of just well roundedness, the sort of schemes that Nick Nurse can sort of implement. I think that this sort of new format where there's no home court advantage, players are going to be a little bit rusty, it might play into the Raptors' hands. Obviously, we don't have that superstar that really gets teams out of slumps, and the offensive firepower might be you know, hurting by that because players might not, the role players might not be in the same rhythm they might be, but I think the games are going to be a bit more slowed down, a bit more gritty, a bit more grindy, as you mentioned, and without a home court advantage to really energize an offense, it's going to be the defense that really can can take teams out of series that we've ne- probably never seen like that, something similar before. Well, so, Well, let me ask you two questions, Ben. So first, you, so you're thinking that the offense is going to slow down a bit. So you're, you're thinking it's going to go more towards college-style play, you know, slower games, rather than more all-star-style play where, you know, the defense is a little bit more relaxed, the pace is faster. Because mm-hmm. if... To me, I'm thinking about it like they're going to be playing in some sort of sports complex or an open facility. Uh, they're probably going to have a lot of space out of side of bounds. And I'm looking at it more like what if it devolves or digresses or whatever into um, pickup, like more pickup style basketball that we watch when we see people running uh, mm-hmm. summer sessions. You know, the NBA players when they just have a collection of NBA guys and it's it's just very fast pace. A lot of shots get up. So that's question one. That that is that how you think it's going to go? It's actually going to settle down and be more defensive than offensive. And then two, Ben, what happens if we play the Milwaukee Bucks conference finals, and Giannis is just absolutely beating down the Raptors? There's maybe a 15 point deficit or a 20 point deficit, and there's one big Pascal Siakam block, or they're eight points down, and somebody has a big pivotal three, but nobody's celebrating that. Traditionally, when they're at home, you know, it's the crowd that just brings that jolt of electricity. Even when you're watching on TV, you feel it, right? A big pivotal moment, the crowd gets behind it. The whole team feels it. Is it enough for one guy to do something special? Would the rest of the guys on the court feel that the same way? Like, are they going to be able to rally off of one play the same way if there's no fans? So you bring up a lot of good points there, and I'll address the first one first. Obviously, when you compare, this could go either way, and we're not 100% sure how this is really going to work, and once we get more details, we'll be able to provide a better analysis, but I think it's going to get more gritty, because teams are, it's it, these are legitimate basketball games. They are playing for an NBA championship as they would any other year, right? It's just a different setting, it's a different sort of situation, but the end goal is the same. So I think the effort-wise, teams and players are going to be trying as hard as they would in other years. I think the thing that might drop off a little bit is players' touch, players' ability to knock down open shots the same way they would when they're in peak season form as they would be entering the playoffs, even though they might be a bit more rested. But the the rust factor, I think, is going to be an issue in terms of scoring the basketball. So I think the games are going to... The effort level is going to be the same level. So 
teams are going to have to push more onto the defensive sort of side of things to really gain a competitive edge. And in the playoffs, we've seen Toronto, that's where they really leave their mark. When they start focusing in on stars like Joel Embiid and when we lock down Giannis using that wall with Kawhi being the lead man last year, we have other great wing defenders this season. So I think it can be replicated against a guy like Giannis. I think the defense is really going to play into the Raptors hands as an advantage the issue as we brought up all year is can we score the ball without a true primed superstar we're hoping Siakam can turn into that but he hasn't proven himself yet on the biggest stage so that that's sort of my point on your first question there and the momentum and the hype sort of thing that's definitely going to play a factor but I think that's a factor for every sort of team and the one thing about the Toronto Raptors that we saw last year particularly in the finals and even in the conference finals the Honestly, since the whole playoffs last year, the Toronto Raptors are a gritty team, and they win on the road. They're a team that doesn't necessarily need the the home court advantage to really get you going. Obviously, they play better, and that wasn't actually the case in the NBA Finals because they won three of the three of the four games in Golden State, and particularly Kyle Lowry played substantially better away from home. We could probably make a whole video on how Kyle Lowry will perform and being in shape and how he does. It's been known that he plays better on the road during the playoffs, but that's that's a whole topic we can dive dive into. But the Toronto Raptors have shown that they have a level headedness to. Really just stay gritty, lock in on teams without looking at outsiders' opinions, without really worrying about if they're on the road or at home. And, you know, the Bucks last year, even though they're a different team this season and they're the first seed and they have by far the best point differential in the Eastern Conference, I, I don't, I'm not sold that they're as mentally sound, mentally locked in, because they lost four straight to us, us last season. And they, they had some big leads. I've rewatched some of those games recently. They've had some big leads and they just, completely collapsed that, that's something we've never seen the Toronto Raptors do even when we you know ever since uh obviously last year with Kawhi and this season even throughout the year with the injuries and all that sort of stuff going on I, I just see this this sort of playing into the Raptors hands the as an advantage comparative to other teams yeah but I don't know it's it's a challenge because I don't think you can underemphasize how critical it was we dropped those first two games once you put the switch on Kawhi onto Giannis, then all of a sudden they go and win four straight. You have him as the primary stopper and the primary scorer, and we really don't have a legitimate guy on either end that, like you said, that's proven themselves to be able to maintain that over an entire series. We're hoping that Siak can be, can be that scorer guy. We're hoping that there can be a collective effort and that maybe OG can handle a lot of the, you know, the star shut down responsibilities Mm -hmm. we're also hoping that fred can be consistent from shooting from the three that kyle lowry can make smart iq decisions i mean there's a lot of things i I think if the raptors play as a team they can definitely take it to any team that they want and like we said in many many previous podcasts that you know if you are somehow able to throw off the bucks game plan right if you Mm -hmm. have to make them vary from what they drew up at the beginning of the game and the, the beginning of the game is the same dr- game plan that they had a game one of this uh, season and the same game that they had a game 50, the same game plan that they're going to have in the playoffs. They do not deviate from that. If you can make them have to adjust, they've proven that they're not able to do that. So if the Raptors can figure out that, then I think that they're definitely fine in this series, Ben. And I, I'm just I'm just overflowing with excitement now that we are even able to have this back and forth because yep. the NBA is finally back. It's It's coming. It's a real thing now, Ben. Yeah, no, it's definitely definitely some needed, really positive news. I was really, really, uh, I'm just hyped. I want the lead to come back. I know it's still like two months away, but 
we we have something to talk about now, Riker. I'm I'm just overjoyed, but the Toronto Raptors, we want to hear what you guys think about this sort of playoff situation. Will this be more of a positive for the Raptors, this sort of setup, or do you guys want to see something different? Obviously, as we get more information, we'll let you guys know about what's going on. As we said at the jump of the podcast, everyone, I hope you're staying safe. We hope everyone's just being strong, Riker. you have any last words? That's it for me, Ben. Cheers.